Side Pool. Where are you? Where do you live now? I'm in, in Bossage Park in North West London. Where, where are you? I'm in Watford. Are you, are you a Watford fan, Jonathan? I am now. I used looking... to, in um, when I was growing up, Dad said, well, subsequently said to me, the football at Watford is atrocious. So we went to Spurs and we saw the end of the Sugar era and the beginning of the Levy oh, okay. era. But oh, yeah, okay. in about 2012, I'd just come down from Edinburgh and it was a lovely sunny day and Watford were at home to Burnley. And so I picked up a ticket outside the ground, which turned out to be three rows in front of family members who go to Watford. So since 2012, just before the Pozzos took over, I've been following the story. And now the story oh, has... Right. Yeah. I've got, I've got a couple of Watford. I go to Watford occasionally. I've got... Um... One of my best friends is a, is a Watford fan now takes his lad. A couple, actually, a couple of the guys used to work with the BBC Watford fans as well. So, Stuart um, Hutchinson, yeah, I've, I've, perchance. I've, I've, I've been there. Yeah, Stuart, Stuart's one of the guys. I know Mark Harrell's the other one who now works at um, IMG. But yeah, Stuart, Stuart's, yeah, Stuart's a good friend of mine. Do you, you, do you know him? I bumped into him once uh, with his kids, uh, just completely at random. I said, ah, I know you because I've read what you've written. And he did some VT, I think, for the, a particular Watford VT that has gone into popular... Admiration. I think it was a 99-2000 one. I'll have to go back. I've got it over there. Oh, OK. Because oh, okay. the, the other guy we know, is a friend of Mark Harrell, is my friend, is uh, Ollie Wicking, who does a lot of, of the... Of course. He doesn't do sort of books and... Uh, Ollie is a genius. Well, not just because he's got yeah. a classics degree like I do, but Ollie, uh, I have oh. spoken to him properly, and he does something called Hornet Heaven. We've got a little circle of people who email each other stuff. He's usually got sort of... <laughs> he's usually seen something amusing on the net or something, yep. you know, offensive. He's very, fun, he's a funny, very clever guy. I mean, I remember first he, he was what he wrote in the same compilation. Again, you're probably a bit young for this, but when when Saturday comes, did a very early compilation of writing. He was in it to write about what is, I think it's called my favourite season, and he wrote yes. about one of the one of the early Watford seasons under Taylor, I think. And then Harry Pearson wrote about a completely pointless Middlesbrough season, which we and Harry, I sort of know Harry a bit because he's part of Middlesbrough Sports South. So there's that little network of when Saturday comes and you know those guys. So I, I, I'm aware of Ollie from back then. He's, yes, he, he, I don't know. I don't know uh, Mark Harrell's my mate who used to work at the BBC and now works at IMG. Stu's left the BBC as well, and there's a guy called Paul Wright who used to be a producer of the BBC who's now I think doing sort of light entertainment. Or again, I've just occasionally. I mean, in fact, we went into a pub one last time I did a Watford game, and he was in there. So I've got a little Watford. I don't know, a little Spurs set, funnily enough. It's funny. It's funny. Those are probably the two clubs where I've got most most friends. So there you go. Oh, the Borough, well, I hope to see you next time you come to watch a Watford game, which will probably be sometime in 2023, because we're going to go yeah. straight back down. Well, yeah, we, we, we certainly aren't going up. I'm quietly boycotting the war. I just can't stand the book. Well, that's, so, that's where I, we'll I, start. I probably, I, probably done he, I probably should have done that when he took over, because I've, I've had personal... If you, if you read the book, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I disguised him slightly, but I think it was I think pretty obvious who it was. <laughs> Fallout with about 30 years ago, he was just horrible. Uh, mm. And also now he's, now, he's, now he's sort of nailed his colours to the moronic political mass stuff. I've kind of just... I just can't... I can't wish him well at all. I just hope he goes. Oh, Colin. Colin does it again. Happy to talk... Happy to talk about absolutely anything. So, that, you know, it's fine. I'm not... I mean, one of the good things now not being the BBC if I don't have to Indeed. watch the people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to... Obviously, I'm, I'm loyal to the people I work with, but I'm not going to... I'm not to quite as constrained as I once was. I'd be, <laughs> it might have been... might have been duller if he'd done this about five years ago. But. Oh, yeah. Well... Paul Armstrong, I read your book, Why Are We Always On Last? Running Match of the Day and Other Adventures in TV and Football. I took it to Norwich with me because I I went uh, to watch a gig about two years ago to the week. 
And I remember sitting in the B&B the morning after Liverpool had demolished Barcelona, uh, also reading your book. Uh, was it as fun to put together as it was to read? Oh, that's very, very kind of you, Jonathan. But um, yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed writing it. It was quite, I mean, I had to leave that today. I got problems with my ears, which was a bit yeah, um, stressful and a little bit, it got me down a bit at the time. It was a great antidote to that, really, to spend the next little period uh, writing about it. Um, uh, and I did, yeah, I did enjoy writing it. And, and it, I was kind of surprised how much ground I'd covered. I mean, nobody knew who I was. I was very low-key, you know, I think a small name on the credits. Uh, but when you think, it, it just, just one of those people, one of those lives, I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of things and around a lot of people. So uh, I was encouraged by one or two people to write it. Gary Lineker wrote the forward, which is very kind of him, uh, and sort of endorsed it from the off. Um, probably because I was reasonably kind about it. But in any case, it was, you know, that, that was encouraging. And uh, yeah, I did, I, did, I did really enjoy it. I'm glad, I, I'm glad it came across that I enjoyed writing it. And I, uh, I hope it... Uh, yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you were entertained yeah. by it. It's, I think it's well. It's certainly on the shelves of the football library, for which you do get a laminated library card with Brian Glanville, who is 90 this autumn, shushing you. Um, and it's published That's by awesome. Pitch. It seems to be that every football book uh, in the country uh, that is any good is published by Pitch, apart from the one that I'm writing that comes out next year, um, because I. Uh, I am writing this book on the FA Youth Cup. Oh, wow, well, OK. Which, I don't know if you covered it. Did you ever put cameras at a Youth Cup final no, for no, Grandstand? I mean, I mean, a, I mean, I followed it. I've been to games and things. Middles, Middlesbrough offered me very good in it. One of, the, one of the things about being a Borough fan is the academy is a yeah, great success story. So no, it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a rich history in there. Not, I mean, obviously, um, United's youth team became that team and so on, didn't they? So there's a lot, there's a lot of stories like that, so... I'm sure that'll be very interesting. I've never, we never worked on it. I've been to games, but mm. never, never worked on it. And we're talking on the 11th of May, which is the week of the semi-finals of the Youth Cup. Do you know which four teams are in the semi-finals? I don't, because Borough went out a while back, so yeah. I sort of slightly lost interest. But who, who, who's, who's in it? Go and tell me. It is uh, West Brom, Villa, Ipswich and Liverpool. So it's Liverpool's to lose. Yeah. You see, Liverpool used to be pretty poor in it, didn't they? That's, that's quite a, it shows, shows a change of... Um, a change of approach at Liverpool because back in the day when they were very good you know back in the 80s so I don't think they were particularly good in the youth cup but uh, good for them but Villa, Villa have got a um, fairly rich history in it as well I think but mm-hmm. it's uh, it, uh, yeah so that's the, when is, are they being televised anyway I'll look out for them I think they're on FATV or YouTube and the clubs oh, yeah. are covering them through the academy channels on Twitter yeah uh, so you can access it through your brilliantly named Twitter account Armoning because Paul Armstrong you are Armo <laughs> yeah um, and I do tend to, uh, I have a bit of a reputation for ranting and moaning. It was a, sort of a slight, you know, hopefully mostly tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes I do get... <laughs> yes, do, do, not, do not talk about uh, religion or politics unless you are on Twitter, in which case you can't be throttled. Uh, I think that's yeah. why people talk about politics so much on Twitter, because it's, it goes exactly. against what we've been brought up to do. I think that's absolutely true, and and, and not you know I try to I try to be civilized, but uh, you're right. Yeah, there, there are there are conversations on there that you probably wouldn't have face to face in a pub. I guess. Yeah. What do you think people in red car would make of the Middlesbrough manager saying "Good old Boris"? Never mind who said it. Oh, a well, Middlesbrough manager saying "Good old Boris" with respect to well, the that's... vaccines. Well, I've been talking to my dad about this because my dad left Teesside in the 80s, as a lot of people did, um, 
uh, in this case, he sort of got a, a, a transfer at work rather than lost his job. But loads and loads of people moved south and moved out of Teesside at that time. And then, again, they've been hit the last 10 years with austerity. Uh, I'm just, I'm utterly baffled, to be honest. I've, I mean, I've, I've actually try and try and be diplomatic, but I mean, you can look at my Twitter account, I've lost, I've just completely lost lost the plot with what's going on up there, to be honest. It's been really tough in Teesside ever since then. I mean, you know, um, 40 years. Uh, but somehow they've managed to... Blame the people who are in charge for about thirteen of those forty years. I mean, I think some of the local councils up there haven't been great, but but so actually, I think I think a lot of people there would agree with him. Good old Boris, that appears to be the electoral pattern in 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 Teesside. And meanwhile, they've lost Tum- the, the, they've lost control of Tunbridge Wells and Oxfordshire. So yeah. if you want, I, I you know I, I am struggling to make sense of it. I did politics as my degree, and I've, you know, I've always been interested. Not particularly party political, actually. I wasn't, you know. I've, I've, um, rarely voted for either of the major parties. Never voted Tory. Very rarely voted Labour. Where did you study? Uh, but at Labour, uh, I did PPE at Oxford. Which the, college? The, the, now, the now discredited degree that all those. <laughs> did you know them? Did the you know Cameron and all the? Uh, I was guys. there. I was. I mean, I was a state school boy, so um, I wasn't invited to Bullingdon Club, but uh, they were there. Yeah, Johnson was there. Cameron was there. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't. I mean, David Cameron was completely anonymous, but Johnson. We saw the Bullingdon Club in our. There was one member in our in our uh, college. who was I was in a state school, largest state school college. There was a guy who ended up there, I think by mistake called Toby Mansell Playdle, and he's got about seventeen names. I had to look him up on Burke's Peerage. It's just you, you would think it's the entire Bullingdon Club. It's actually just his name. <laughs> um, he, he invited them round for a drink, apparently, and I'm told that we sort of shouted abuse at Johnson and Co across the court, which I'm, I'm quite pleased to hear. <laughs> I don't remember it, but. But uh, they were there, yeah. They were just, but you would never believe they were just, it was just a peripheral figure. He had a ridiculous run for um, uh, for union president the first year he was there, and got beaten by a state school like from the Lib Dems because he was so nakedly atonian and awful. And then by the next time he stood, he kind of developed that Hugh Grant act of you know of, uh, rubbing his head and pretending to be one of the lads and wanting wanting to have a beer with you. And he just. It, just he's done that for thirty years, yeah. and somehow for what a various combination. Obviously, Corbyn's part of that, and you know, Farage is part of the. There's just a whole load of things that have happened that have somehow projected him into where he is now. And right now, I think. I mean, I think he's a, a zenith because of the vaccine rollout, which obviously has is a good, is a good thing. But I don't think he deserves any credit. Whatsoever. No, it's Sarah Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, sorry, they're, they're obviously appoint, I mean, they've appointed good people to procure the vaccines, unlike. But then track and test that there's been a total catastrophe, and they sort of try to fob that up on the NHS and claim the credit for the vaccines as they tend to do. But yeah, I mean, I'm bewildered. I'm completely bewildered. I mean, I feel, I mean, I feel sorry for Teesside because some of the worst clips of people saying Labour closed our hospitals, Labour closed, yeah, you know, when they clearly didn't because they haven't been in power since 2010 uh, in Hartlepool. I mean, Hartlepool is getting absolutely trashed, uh, which isn't particularly helpful either. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of. It, it just polar, it just ex- accentuates that polarisation. There are um, two Britons, just as there you write in the book. There are two Americas. There are two Britons. Uh, I think I'm doing the world a favour because we're talking as the Queen is reading out what her government is putting into bills for the oh, next I did, year. I, did, I, I, I couldn't watch that. I mean, the, 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 the absolutely clear voter suppression. Just clear. There's no reason on God's earth that they're saying you need photo ID. It's a distraction. They know it's a distraction. But they know they also know who they're going to disenfranchise, and they're not going to. It's just it's literally what the state of Alabama did yep. fifty years ago, or Zimbabwe did. They're still it's just, doing it. Sort of yeah, in the states. It's absolute. I'm sorry. I'm good old I'm Boris. Lost you, they probably lost, lost you all your listeners now. But I mean, <laughs> now Neil Warnock. To get back to Neil Warnock, I. 
I, as you saw in the book, I did call him Colin, but I know that's, that's code because most most football fans know who Colin is. But he um, uh, in football terms, I did a match of the day edit when Notts County beat Man City in the cup in '91, and they had one shot on goal. It was one of those heroic, you know, keeper kept scrambled off the line. Man City battered them, but didn't win. And Notts County were heroic, but in a ten minute edit, it was mostly Man City chances because that's what actually happened. He went on, instead of celebrating his victory, he went the next week to the local papers and media there and slagged off the edit. I was, I'd been there about two years. My producer hauled me in. I had to bring in all my logs, the original match recording, and say, this is a perfectly fair edit. And I had to spend most of the day convincing my boss that I'd done a perfectly fair edit. I had no agenda at all on Notts County against Man City, I'd, which I didn't. Um, so I've never forgotten that. And I, you know, it's described in the book and slightly more humorously than that, but actually I'm really, I was always really angry about it because it was just total, it, you know, it just extraordinary way to react to a victory. It was a kind of a, a presage of, you know, um, suck it up losers and, you know, it's like that kind of mentality of I've won a big game, so what I'll do is I'll go and have a go at the person who did the match in it. I uh, wonder... So I wonder what history will say about Neil Warnock, who is very successful at what he does, which is essentially yeah, yeah, yell at children and get them promoted. Yeah, and that's what he's done at Borough. He's, 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 uh, well, he's got promoted, but he's, he, they, were, they were a bit of a shambles until he took over and he, he solidified them. Uh, but he's just a dinosaur. I just, I, I just compared to where Borough were, you know, and, and, and all the romance, even when they were, even when they were poor and went bankrupt, there's something rooted about them. Um, I, I just can't identify. I'm sorry, I'm going on it, but I just can't identify with him at all. Because I didn't really want Tony Pulis as manager, but Pulis at least didn't come out with the sort of tosh that um, Warner's currently coming out with. He's probably capturing the zeitgeist of the area to some extent at the moment. But I know mm. a lot of my friends, and particularly the sort of the sort of um, the exiled Boris supporters, are just living with him. But for that, I mean, he's got. I mean, but it's. Do they care? I don't know. Does he care? Probably not. Would probably, Steve Gibson care? Steve Gibson's paying him. He's a great entrepreneur who's run this business for 35 years and oh. has brought so much money in tourism and Janino to the area. Well, absolutely. absolutely. And it was also, I mean, Steve Gibson's a proper self-made man. He was a Labour councillor at 24. He, he built a business up from nothing. Uh, always, you know, there wasn't a great community policy, great academy. I mean, they've been a wonderful club to support. Even when it's been bad in those those times, even the season, you know, the season they lost two cup finals, they got relegated. It was just an amazing season. I mean, you can't, you, you know, and we, we finally won a trophy. I went all over Europe with them. I, don't know, I mean, I obviously understand that it's, they can't keep that up against the against the um, the massive injections of money from abroad. But we'd be perfectly happy to be an academy based local championship team. I'm completely reconciled to that. I've had my you know, trips around Europe and my trophy for, for a lifetime and all that. Um, and they've just gone off in this weird tangent. And Gibson's got Gibson's gone. I have to say, slightly strange as well. Suddenly, you know, backing all that. Um, well, again, two sides have been sort of just radicalised off to the right. Basically, blame everything on regimes that haven't been in charge for years. And it's 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 a, it's a really it's desperate. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I sound like a classic bloke who doesn't live there anymore. So I probably should, I probably shouldn't say any more. But I, I, it just breaks my heart to be honest. And I don't I don't understand. I don't know what Steve Gibson's doing. I, I don't. It just the, the, the soul and what they were and what I loved about them for so long, it's kind of gone. I, I, hope, it, I hope it comes back. And I don't, it's not about, about where they are in the league. I don't even. I, I watched them in, in the old third division. It's great fun. Uh, I've no problem at all with. Where, I don't. I don't mind where they are in the pyramid. I just don't. I don't want to be. I don't want my manager sitting there wearing the club outfit saying, "Good old Boris." 
Mm. I mean, I know that sounds. I know that might sound like I'm overreacting, and it shouldn't matter. I don't care what he thinks privately either. Actually, it's just the fact he's doing it in in club gear at a club press conference when they just lost three 0 to Wickham. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what that was about. I, don't, I haven't heard the question that provoked it, but whatever it was, he shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, but there and, you go. That's, that's, and there's also a lot of other things about Warner that he's best, you know, <laughs> for legal reasons not to get into. But you know, if you want to Google. Him and Willie Mackay, the agent with whom he worked for many, many years, yes. some fairly, you might understand why he's not too why he would like to defend Boris Johnson in his wallpaper. Let's there, put it that way. There is a book. Glenmore collaborated with him on the Gaffer, and I don't think there's much. Um, well, obviously, because it's his telling of it. But the Neil Warnock debacle will continue. He he obviously can walk away at any time because he doesn't need the money. He just needs to get out of the house yeah. essentially. But next season. Uh, Borough, you've got great strikers. You've got War Brit, and um, is it War Watmore now? Have you got Duncan Watmore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, that was I mean, I mean, that was a great acquisition. He's a very good player. He's a, he's a graduate, by the way. He went to Manchester University. Newcastle. The, uh, yeah. uh, oh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle got first at Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, and then he went. Then he played for Newcastle. Well, but he comes to he comes to Manchester Cheshire because his uh, dad was the is Ian Watmore the yeah. FA. Uh, boss, but uh, I wonder what he makes of it all. It's a sort of very bright lad sitting listening to this nonsense. But there you go. Um, but you know, he's been a good, he's been a good acquisition. They're much more solid now than they were. I mean, to be fair to Warner, because you say he's, he's a specialist in making a championship team solid. Um, and it's weird that Woodgate's gone on to do fairly well at Bournemouth because I think there was a feeling that he didn't know what he was doing. But he's you know, got a lot of sort of assumption that they, they would go the same way but um, you know maybe he was just maybe maybe he was the wrong person at the wrong time but I don't, I don't know I mean I, I mean, I understood again that sort of you, know, you wondered about Woodgate as a character but it had echoes of when they appointed Tony Mowbray which is we've got a local guy working with the academy there's not going to be much money around that seemed like a better motivated appointment than uh, Warnock did to be honest but I'm just an old I mean I'm probably totally unrealistic and, and has an, and an old ranting at you know sort of um, or something in the Simpsons about an old man weighs fist in yeah, cloud or whatever. Cloud, that's, probably, yeah, yeah. That's, probably, that's probably where that's probably where I am really. I'm probably just totally <laughs> barking up the wrong tree. Well, I, I will at least at least having Karanka having left, you're not what going on nil nils and one nils. Uh, there is some a, a little bit of excitement. Is there someone coming up from the academy that you're particularly excited about? Well, there are several of them have played in recent weeks, actually. Uh, no, there's obviously, I mean, there's, I mean, to be fair, I saw the academy. Uh, I think the last game I saw before lockdown, I saw them win five-two at Fulham uh, down at Mossburg Park, and they were terrific. And that's been like that for ages. Dave Parnaby, who's Stuart Parnaby, who's played yeah. for his dad, has he's been in charge. I don't think he's left now, but that academy has been. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a production line a little bit, and, and I've, I've no issue. I mean, they're, they're going to they keep selling them, uh, and quite right. I think Jed Spence is going to go this summer, who's the, the very exciting fullback. Uh, and I've got no problem with all that. I think we had, I just accept that we're selling. I just like them to have some. I just like them to get a soul back, really. But I'm probably, as I say, I'm probably way out of touch. And Warnock's probably got his finger on the pulse with that. You know, two thirds. I mean, if you look at the T- the Tees Valley Mayor uh, elections, yep. um, Ben, ben Houchy got seventy five percent. So I'm probably, I'm not going to um, put money in the coffers until he's gone. To be perfectly honest, and, I, and that may be a one. I'm not making a big thing about. I'm not, I'm not sort of launching a social media. Boycott, but I just don't. I don't want to wish the bloke bloke well. To so, be fair to me, and that, that sounds ridiculous, but I think it's it's just reached that point. You know, I, go, I just we happen to be talking a couple of days after that, so I'm particularly fired up about it. I don't think I'm going to change my mind on that. Well, what have you spent a lot of money eye following the club? Have you watched all the games? 
I mean, I did, I did, in, I did, it, I did early on in the season, and it just, it just felt so soulless and hollow. I couldn't, uh, and I was already feeling a bit jaundiced about about Warnock. Um, but to be fair, early on they, they actually were in the top six for a while. Um, I haven't of late. I'm getting enough. I mean, it's weird the football now because it has been soulless, but it's just I've going on like a, it's like a fish tank in the corner. Watch of the, room. the football, it's watch just, it move. It's going to move football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the old Mitchell and Webb thing. I mentioned that in the, in yeah. the match of April. It's always on. I never have the sound up, and I just I've watched probably virtually every Premier League game this season without being that engaged by any of it. It's a really, it's kind of weird, really. I, I, I don't know how other people are finding it, but I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad it's on. I'm glad. I'm glad that we. I'm really glad that we start, start to be some fans coming back. But it hasn't grabbed me at all, really. I don't know. About, I don't know is that, is that, I mean, you've, you're, you're Watford, so I imagine you, this season has grabbed you. I imagine that's uh, it. Well, it's been a very tough season because I started doing this thing called Hornet Hyperbole, which was following the games on Twitter. And then whenever, some, whenever a player made a mistake, fans would come down on the player. Uh, and I started just before every game, I would go, come on, let's see the passion. Let's see the effort. Let's have a plan B. And at the end of the game, when we won, I would start saying, what a great result for the owner, the CEO, the sporting director. Because no one ever thanks the chairman when we do well. It's always, come on, Gino, sack the manager. We did sack the manager yeah, because yeah. it was completely the wrong appointment. Got in this guy, Shishko, who was best known for playing under Benitez. And for some reason, he has been as such an effective line manager that he settled on an 11 and they virtually played all the time. We've got this big British spine of, uh, well, rather, three English midfielders. Uh, Deeney is kind of our mascot now, as you know. Yeah. Next season, Watford play back in the top tier. We had Elton the other day. Elton turned up to yeah, give out the right. awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I would guess you're going to struggle again, aren't you? Because it just come, come 18th. West. We're the 18th well, best team. Leeds have made the transition like Wolves did before, but then Leeds and Wolves are... I mean, Wolves had all that Portuguese... Oh, Wolves kind of are in thing. trouble now. And, and, and Leeds, and Leeds have got... Leeds, yes, they're in trouble now. That's right, it's taken a couple of years to start being found out, but they did have an initial impact yep. on all the Portuguese signing. Uh, Bielsa is obviously a remarkable coach. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, historically, I didn't like Leeds, but I can't... They've been... They've been They've done really well, actually. I mean, even though, even though they've had a, a lot of hiccups, um, but the other two have gone straight back down. I mean, Norwich, Norwich are the ones that would worry me if I was a Watford fan because we always beat them. Were, well, they were hopeless the year before, though, weren't they, in the Premier League? I mean, they were hopeless and virtually the same team has absolutely run riots in the Championship. You know, I don't, I don't know how you. I mean, I think the gulf is, is bigger than ever, isn't it? So it's, it's going to be it's going to be quite difficult. I mean, oh, Sheffield, I mean, Sheffield United did it for a season, didn't they? So maybe you can maybe Watford can maybe Watford can take some solace from that that you can have a year of you know playing at your maximum. Obviously, that that crumbled completely this year, but um, it's uh, yeah. I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm it must have been really odd. It must have been really odd working on it this season. I've been very. I've often thought I'm glad I'm not doing these programs. They've done brilliantly. Good. Technically, it's been so difficult with mm-hmm. them. people directing matches, and sometimes aren't even at the ground, and you know, everybody's having socially distanced when they're doing analysis. When the old days, when you go into a cubicle with the pundit, sit there for two hours sorting out all the analysis with a producer and a, an editor in the room in a small cubicle, you just can't do it anymore. So it's all done remotely. It's all a, a head. Yeah, and, and there is just that lack of some kind of spark at the games, isn't there? It's, I mean, it's, it's the football's you know good as it always is. I mean, it would have helped if it had been a more of a competitive. Uh, title race I guess but it's oddly sort of soulless isn't it without I mean, it does it does 
it, it does prove that you do need supporters there. I quite enjoy the Champions League. I know, like, I mean, I, I have well, I have I'm saying that I kind of stick to all the same, all the same very rich clubs progressing in it. But uh, isn't it's, it it's, great you know, that we have Abramovich's money against the Kingdom of Abu Dhabi's money? Well, that's the. It's so difficult. Again, the, again, the government's trying to make capital out of an all English final, and I do. I completely get the motivation for playing in England. I think that's absolutely, absolutely common sense. But yes, it's it's difficult to wave your flag about that, isn't it? Um, and similarly, when you, know, you sort of think, well, Paris Saint Germain weren't in the European Super League, so should I support them in this? And you think, no, I can't. You know, Qatar and Neymar and well, all that. It's and not just, football. It's not football anymore. Yeah, it's just, balance sheets, it, asset management, and venture capitalism. Yeah. That isn't sport. And even and even when, and even when the people who are too, who are too rich for any of that to matter, it's it's kind of national. You know, it's Qatar against Abu Dhabi, which is two Arab philosophies and two you know, a lot of sort of willy waving in the Middle East. Exactly. It doesn't really. It doesn't. Really, you know, I can't. I can't get myself wildly excited. If, about you, it. if anyone's going to wave a willy, it's going to be us. <laughs> Willie's coming you home. Up, you end up being motivated by. I was watching Real Madrid Sevilla, thinking, "Come on, Sevilla!" I just. Uh, you know, just because Perez had run the European Super League, Sevilla beat Borough in that European final. I was there, and their fans were great, and they haven't won the thing since the forties. I'm getting like that. I'm, getting, I'm going to be following. I mean, I followed Paris Saint Germain the other night, hoping Lille are going to win that league. I mean, it's just become a sort of who, who do you not want to win things? You know, I want you know, I want Leicester to win the cup. I want you know, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't even mind West Ham. I'd have quite fancy West Ham getting the Champions League, even though I've never liked West Ham on any level at all. But I kind of. Just because they weren't part of that, it, relatively speaking, obviously the people who own West Ham are, you know, are, yeah, are no, not, isn't it funny? No one is talking about Sullivan and Gold now they're doing well. This is just so manic. No one's talking it, about Pozzos. No one's talking about at Radrizzani of Leeds because they're doing so well. No, that's true. That's true. No, you, you actually you actually sort of forget. I mean, in particular, I mean Sullivan and Gold have had an absolute result here because relatively. <laughs> they don't look anywhere near as sleazy anymore, do they? You know, which is, um, and as you say, nobody talks about it. I mean, the West, the, you know, in a way, it's been they've been unlucky having their fans there this season because the fans have had to eat, mm-hmm. their, eat their words a bit, wouldn't they? Whereas some like Spurs, Levy's got away with it big time. My Spurs fans would have, you know, would, they would have been uproar every Spurs game recently, the... particularly in the, in the latter days of Mourinho. Yeah. They would have been just, you know, they were so cheesed off with everything. The um, most amazing thing that happened this season is that Mike Ashley woke up last month realising he was only the seventh most hated owner in English football. <laughs> How has incredible. it come to that? Yeah, probably, possibly not if you took a straw poll on Tyneside, but yes, you're right, you're right, nationally. Yeah, yeah apart from Tyneside. Isn't it, you're, you're very good friends with Big Al, War Allen, who... Um, so who gave this great chat with Kevin Keegan and Al and Kevin oh, wasn't said... That super, wasn't that superb in the Athletic? It was fantastic, tremendous. wasn't it? And they, they came to the conclusion that they're both not welcome by the club yeah. that they helped build so that Mike Ashley could buy it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know as, a Borough, as a Borough fan, you kind of snigger a bit at Newcastle's inability to win anything. But it, really, it, it actually... Yeah, they should, they should be so much better and bigger than they are. But it is a, yeah, for those two guys, I mean, Keegan and Shearer since are the two figures in Newcastle history since Jackie Milburn, and they're both sort of treated as pariahs there, which is just appalling, isn't it? I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, Keegan, again, Keegan had his comedy moments, but, God, you can't argue the guy's love of the game and his... You know, that, that interview was amazing. I, I didn't really know how he was these days, but it was a... Um, he really opened up to him, didn't he? I thought it was, I thought it was a fabulous... It was in The Athletic, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Because Al is yeah, now exactly. their star columnist. 
I, to be honest, I mean, I've always thought, I mean, I've, I've said it in the book, I mean, I, I've always liked, I mean, I didn't like him much as a player because he, he played for Newcastle and he was, you know, sort of, you know, used to referee matches, basically, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, but you know, once I got to know him, he's a proper, he's a he's a proper human being. He's got so much more about him than uh, people realise. I think he's starting. To, I think the further he is away from the game, the more he's, the more that's coming out. The more the, the more the you know, he initially as a pundit, like they all are, he was, he was slightly reserved, didn't want to offend anybody in case he went back into management. But he's he's, he's really developed, and he's a, just a really good bloke. I hope that's, I hope that's sort of now coming over. He's a genuine. I remember when. Um, Sport Relief were looking for somebody to send to a project somewhere in Africa, so you should send him. Well, they did the same in South Africa to some townships and so on. Because mm. he's, he's just he's just open to things. He's just, he's just, like even the stuff he's done in the last week or so with Ian Wright about the social media abuse, he's a genuine, he's a good, he's a good sort of everyman for that kind of situation because he's just got basic, basic decent values and he's a, he's a good bloke. And the thing about playing for Newcastle, knowing he wasn't going to win as much as he would at Man United, he's genuine. I mean, that's people think that's a load of rubbish, and he's you know he's sort of covering up after the event. But I think it's absolutely he would genuinely, you know, even if you got him sort of drunk and forced him to answer, he said, "No, I'd rather be number nine for the club I always supported, be a record goal scorer." He'd already won the Premier League, to be fair, at Blackburn, but he, but he, but he he's, he has no regrets about that, which I think is, I think is immense, really. Although, just imagine Shearer um, with Man U, they would have won the double, then the treble. Oh, they did anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did exactly. you? He'd just, just, just be one of he'd just be in a long, long list of greats at Man United, wouldn't he? I mean, even if even if it all gone brilliantly for him there, whereas at Newcastle he is, you know, I, I can see that. It's like Janinia. It's like, it's like mm. talking about Janinia. Or Troy, Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney is a, you know, you, you can't help but warm to Troy Deeney as a neutral. You just think, that guy gets that club. I remember when they did, when uh, I was at the game, when they, when Graham Taylor had died and it was Watford Borough. Yes. And, you know, it was quite. Yeah, we said it's quite clearly. Dean's gone around as captain. He said, "Look, you guys, you're all more of the world. I, could, I get this. You won't know who this bloke was, but behave today. Show some reverence. This guy was massive in this club, and it was clear he'd, he'd led the dressing room in. We're going to do the right thing by this fella, you know. Um, and he's just like that all the time, isn't he? I think. He's, I think he's. I'm, a, I'm an enormous fan of this. I know he's. You're right. He's become more of a sort of talisman now. He's probably. He's a know, senior he's pro. Yeah, he's not. He's probably. Right. I, I, I suspect he might not even play that much in the Premier League. Well, I don't know. But, but I think he's, he's an impact just, sub next year because we've got Saar, Joao Pedro. We'll bring in another number nine. Um, but we yeah. need him in the squad. There's no way he's going anywhere. He's got a book out later this well, year. He's doing a lot of media work. But he's the heartbeat. He's the heartbeat of your club, isn't he? If you haven't, you need. I mean, that's one of the things which we fair with Borough. Before I'm saying about Warner, there are always people that get it. There are always players. Ben Gibson was one, and every every single Borough team ever has got people who, you know, because it's that sort of area, it's actually difficult to entice people to come and play there. And they've got a very good academy. So you do, that is something, that is one aspect. Once once Warnock's gone, I'm back again. <laughs> That's something I will take some heart in, you know. Uh, and you need that at every club. What, I mean, I think I think Dean is, is your sort of, I'm going to say fig leaf of respectability. That's a bit unfair, but he's the, he's the sort of, um, he's the conscience and the, you know, yeah. the decency and, and, and the connection with the fans, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's Elton John's representative. On yeah, Earth. exactly. The time when you sacked um, team managers and you had a bit of a... Actually, to be fair, it generally works, but you've got a bit of a reputation as a sort of fickle... He gives you that thread through it all, doesn't he? And, and that, as you say, that uh, lineage... There was, a time, there was a time when Walter Mazzari was playing and we were playing very stoic, stay-in-the-division football, and Dini was dropped for the last few games. He went to play <laughs> golf and he said to Scott and Gino, get this guy out. Or I'm leaving. Right. Uh, before we start on the second half, two things about Mr. Wright, Wright, Wright. I always quote 
Ian Wright's reaction to the Japanese bullet trains, where he, oh, it's not brilliant. which you, it's you not detail brilliant. in your book, Why Are We Always On Last, where he grabs someone and you go, you have no idea how lucky you are. And it's, he kisses the platform. He's, this is a guy who yeah, can't yeah. believe yeah. how lucky he is to be in Japan covering the World Cup 20 years ago now. Oh, that was a wonderful, that's one of my favourite ever moments, which is at the end of a long trip, arduous trip. Everything had worked. He'd been looking, we've been saying to him, that there was something about, there was something we'd read about the, the net lateness of this line is, you know, two minutes 30 in the whole year or something. It was something, uh, Japanese, everything worked like clockwork, the World Cup worked beautifully. And yeah, just at the end of it, going back to the airport, he just got, went on his knees on a platform. But all these bewildered commuters, he's there in his kind of, very conspicuous guy in Japan saying, yeah, you people don't know how lucky you are to live in this country. <laughs> it's just marvellous. He was brilliant. I, 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 love, I love the guy on the I mean, he's, he, he can be. I, mean, I remember coming back on the flight from that. I don't know what I mentioned in the book, but I had to kind of entertain. I had to sit next to him, and he just he was just restless and been a bit like a kid. And I found him the Stevie, I found him the Stevie Wonders album, was the album of the month on British Airways. So he just, <laughs> he just plugged himself into that and sang, sang along for about four hours. He's that sort of bloke. Brilliant. You have to keep him occupied, but he, but he, but he is, he's, he's just great. And I love the, the other thing, again, probably like Dini as well. There are certain people who know how lucky they are because they've had it hard, you know, his background. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard his Desert Island disc. But oh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable oh, radio. Guys. Yeah, his back story is not easy. His love for that teacher who sort of put him on the straight and narrow, and the fact that he didn't get a professional contract losing his twenties and all of that, it just makes him the bloke he is. So I think I think that comes across, doesn't it? I think I think even I would say this, but Lineker Wright Shearer is a pretty lovely match of the day combination. Mm. I mean, people may disagree, but I, I just think I mean I know them all. I know they're good blokes, and I know they all like each other. They also incorporate other people. Michael Richards or somebody joins them. They're, they're very welcoming, and it's a it's a very nice setup there now. Did you know? Did you know about what the theme tune of Match of the Day did to Ian Wright when you were working with him? I remember him coming. I was actually with him when he came in. He came in as a guest appearance under Des in probably late nineties. He just did a sort of you know a cameo. Arsenal weren't playing or whatever, so he came in and did a, a program. And I was sort of looking after him actually in the day. And he, he went on the set and said, uh, oh, man, you don't know how much this means to me. This is my Graceland. But he meant it as well. And I thought, wow, you know, this, he, just, he just couldn't believe he was... And this guy was probably the best striker in the country at the time, or certainly right up there, was, was saying he's got a lovely sort of affection for the programme, which is, which, is, which is kind of nice, yeah. But also his dad would not let him watch the show. He would oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, that's, that, that aspect of it. Yes, his dad, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of... Um, Yes, his background is really quite heartbreaking, isn't it? Which he's made public, which is a a very brave but also smart thing to do because he now realises that his platform can affect millions of lives. Yes, he brought joy to Arsenal fans, boo, but also his media work. it, It makes him one of the most essential broadcasters. And obviously you've got Jermaine Jenis, Alex Scott. Yeah treading in his footsteps. So Wrighty, perhaps one of the most significant figures in the country, discuss. I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot in that. And when he talks about the social media filth he has to re- go through sometimes. Most people most people with anything about them. And, you know, again I thought it was useful using Shearer as the conduit for that. Yeah, you know, 
um, from a very different background, but going and saying, well, how, how on earth do you put up with this stuff? He's not got everything right in his life, has he? I mean, he, he was, you know, he, 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 he could be very petulant on the pitch at times, and he did one or two mis, <laughs> misjudged episodes in his life. But that's part of it. And he, and he just thinks he strikes me as somebody who's open to everything, learns from everything. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you should. I mean, yeah, in, in, a, in a different way, obviously, it's different to Marcus Rashford, but it's fantastic. I mean, I think football is actually, it's weirdly, footballers in that world are sort of taking the moral high ground a bit at the moment, which is uh, not something I ever thought I'd say. But, you know, they, they, and even something like Jordan Henderson getting them together to pose a Super League and the fact that everybody got why it's not right that, that Leicester can't qualify for this Super League and, you know, Juve are going to be in it even though they're suddenly crap, you know, is. is I think it's a real. I think football players and, and ex-footballers get get now feel like they're more in touch with um, the public than, than than seemed the case two or three years ago. I, I, I don't know. If that's just me, but it seems maybe it's just me with my with my sort of woolly liberal, you know, metropolitan <laughs> elite. Thing. Yeah, metropolitan elite, exactly. Yeah. I, that gets me down as well when I think about how comprehensive in Teesside because I now live in London. I'm sort of you know some smug metropolitan Secular elite. Privilege. But I think even I think to be fair, you're talking about Wrighty, I think Wrighty, to be fair, I think Wrighty would transcend that. I think people in Redcar and Hartlepool, you know, whatever they whatever they just voted, much of what he says and does would resonate with them, I would think. I mean I don't know. God, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to a pub in Redcar and be put straight on that one. But, <laughs> um, to quote uh, you know, to quote it, Gary Lineker, we'll be back after the break. 